This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dumpty. The Gambling Regulation Bill is being proposed by the Department of Justice. Its stated objective is to mitigate the consequences of problem gambling in this country. However, one of the consequences of this bill is certain to be that Irish racing, flat and jump racing, will not be shown by the two racing channels, Racing TV and At The Races. And that poses major problems for the racing industry in this country. I'm joined this morning by Ruby Walsh. Ruby is the son of Ted Walsh. They are one of the great Irish racing families. Ruby's sister, Katie, wrote the Irish Grand National winner. His father, Ted, trained in one year the Irish Grand National winner and the English Grand National winner. And Ruby, of course, is a rider revered by everyone who knows anything about jump racing. Ruby, racing people have no problem with the objectives of this bill, do they? Oh, absolutely, Eamon, and firstly, thanks for having me on, but of course it is. Everybody is is aware of the need to have a gambling regulation bill, to have a gambling regulator. There is no doubt that gambling can be a huge problem for people, and it is a nasty problem when people have an issue with gambling. So if you can help one person then to me that's progress. But um, when you look at the gambling regulation bill and you look at the way that it's written, a lot of it is left too grey, Eamon. And it need, it, to me, if you're making a law, you need to make the right law yes. and make it for the right reasons. To me, to me, you should, you should really do something once. I don't see the point in making a bill that has to be amended. So I think this needs to be looked into properly and made the correct way. Yes, and there are unintended consequences, and that's what we really need to talk about. The legislation is proposing, in part, that advertising gambling, bookmakers advertising, is a huge part of the problem. Scratch cards and the lotto being the most, attracting the most gambling in Ireland, notwithstanding. The unintended consequences here, and this is what I think most people find objectionable about the bill, it will be impossible to have 
advertising for gambling between 5.30am and 9pm in Ireland. Now, there's two channels come into Ireland, Ruby, as you know, Racing TV, for whom you work, and the Sky offering as well at the races. They won't be able, commercially speaking, will they, to show Irish racing? No, commercially to show live horse racing every day as both racing TV and Sky Sports Racing do, it does cost money and that is supported and propped up by the bookmakers who sponsor and advertise on those channels. Now, unfortunately for horse racing, it doesn't have the same appeal to different brands like say golf does with all of the sports where they can advertise with it like soccer does with the huge population it has watching it racing is pretty much a niche market and when you come back to horse racing horse racing has always been intrinsically linked with gambling yes outside of greyhound racing it's the only other sport aiming that i have ever seen where the, the odds of the participants are advertised yes You've worked on soccer all your life. I have never turned on television and saw two soccer teams priced up um, on the the channel that you're watching. So horse racing is linked and therefore one comes with the other. As much as a purist as me would love to think that everyone watches it purely for the joy of the sport, reality is that a lot of people watch it to use their own opinion, to use their own judgment and to then have a bet on it. Now, if you ban advertising on horse racing or the or ban gambling advertising on horse racing, yet you're going to allow it on the lottery and scratch and scratch cards yes. to have a bet on a horse race, you have to go into a betting shop or have an account with a bookmaker. So, I mean, with the lotto and the scratch cards, Ruby, all you have to do is go into Spa or any other shop and pay the money. And even when and even when you go to the till aim and it's advertised right beside you what yep, tonight's exactly. jackpot is, what yep. your million's jackpot is, it's in front of everybody pretty much most of the time. So uh, that's one flaw. So how do you say that well the biggest gambling product in the country is fine, but every other gambling product in the country isn't? Yes. That's definitely an issue. Yes. Now let's look at the bigger picture here, Ruby, because for where Ireland stands in the world, and I spent a lot of time in my life at a house in France and went racing in Deauville, if you say you're Irish almost anywhere in the racing world or even in restaurants, in racing locations, the respect and indeed the esteem in which Irish people are held is in no small way related to what our great Riders, trainers, and owners have done with horses. Brazil used to be synonymous with soccer greatness. Is it fair to say, and I know you follow soccer even though it's Manchester United, is it fair to say that Ireland is synonymous with great horses, great riders, and great trainers? I have to be slightly bashful to agree with you because I was fortunate enough to be one of those people and being Irish, no one likes to boast. But yeah, and it is anywhere in the world. I was lucky enough to be at the Melbourne Cup a couple of weeks back and the amount of Irish people who were at the races, the amount of Irish people working for the top Australian trainers. There was a couple of Irish jockeys riding in Australia. You go around the globe to any horse racing jurisdiction anywhere in the world 
and you're going to find an influence of Irish people. Like we ex- all the exports we have in this country and all the great products we make and everything we do, horse racing, we export humans as yes. well as horses that do the country proud all around the world. And that's a, that's a big thing. And I don't know why that is. We're born with it. We're bred with it. It becomes part of rural life. Horse racing is a huge employer in rural, rural society. Yes. No, like horse racing is not a big employer in our capital city or in Cork City, where there are loads of jobs or plenty of jobs. It's a huge employer in rural areas where there aren't as many jobs. And it becomes a life for so many people. And they're able to transfer those skills around the world. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The impact on rural Ireland I want to come to right now, it's estimated that the racing industry provides at least 30,000 jobs, most of those jobs, as you point out, in rural Ireland. And... When I was talking to you yesterday, you actually reminded me that jobs that don't prepare you for other jobs and that over a five-year period, and five years goes very quickly, we'd be looking at a vastly different picture economically for racing if those two television channels are taken off air. There'd be less sponsorship for Irish racing and there would be all kinds of consequences for that. So the jobs that will be lost will be lost by people who have a skill set that isn't transferable. I agree with you. Um, Those channels are primarily used. Sorry, people watch it because they want to watch racing to have a bet if you're not involved in the industry. But if you're an industry person, the channels are used and they're shown around the world. They're an advertisement of Irish horse racing. Yes. And with that then becomes the trade. And off the trade becomes turnover. And that's how any industry 
keeps going. It's through trade. So if you reduce the advertisement of virus racing, where it's shown around the world, Irish horses out of sight, out of mind. Yes. And this is I, I'm not naive enough to think that this bill is going to shut down horse racing overnight, but it will begin the slow decline. Yes. And when you start a decline, it's very hard to turn turn the wheel, to go yes. back up. Yep. And when you start to bring this industry down and it starts to shrink and become smaller, as you've rightly said, most people that are born, trained, spend their life working with horses, their skills are right, they have an incredible work ethic, but their skills aren't overly transferable. Yeah. So when you most people in race, and I speak about myself, and I think I'm the best example to give you should speak about yourself rather than anybody else. I believe in cert. But other than that, my skills are sport, horse racing yes. primarily. And when it shrinks, everything around it shrinks with it. And I would say for rural Ireland not having Irish racing on racing channels will be the start of the decline for it as an industry, yes. as an exporter, and all the offshot of jobs that come with it. And that goes to farriers, to feed companies, to veterinary practices, to and even back to hay, straw, everything that comes from rural Ireland. A lot of it goes into horse racing. And it's not just the sport, it's the industry that you will affect. You're putting a ban on advertising of the sport but it's the whole industry behind the sport that will be forgotten. Yeah, and of course, the sport yields for the government tax money, over 100 million a year. It's also a source of employment, as we've pointed out, for people who would find it difficult. Jockeys, for example, but stable staff, a head man, a head woman, and where are they going to go? And if they go the new generation isn't going to want to do it. So if we tear this down, and it won't happen in a, with a bang, it'll happen slowly, won't it? It will happen slowly. And I suppose when I look at my childhood, Eamon, and I look at sports that were on television when I was a kid, and I look for them now, I think snooker jumps out at me. Yep. Um, darts is another one. Darts is hugely supported by the gambling sector as well, but when you look at both of those sports, from, I can remember sitting as a kid watching the Benson and Hedges and Goths, and I can watch uh, the Crucible. Crucible still comes on, but it's the yes. only one. Yes, it is. And when you look at the demise yeah. of those sports, it won't be long before racing goes out of sight, out of mind. And that'll be the biggest issue. Yeah. Let me ask you about the effect that it will have on, say, the breeding industry. I mean, you have Coolmore Stud there, which is the most powerful and respected stud probably in the world. It's been built over decades. It is a sensational place, and it sets a certain standard. We don't want to lose those people, do we? We don't want to lose something as precious as that. We don't want to lose what William Mullins is doing. This is the greatest jumps trainer in the world and recognised as such at the moment. We need to incentivize rather than take away from an operation like Coolmore or indeed Willie Mullins' operation, which you're still a part of. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. And even if you look, say, so you're, you're, you're home and in on Willie, but you look at what Gordon Elliott is doing yes. in, in Westmead, our Weed Westmead border, and the employer he is in that area for yes. young rural people. You look at what Willie and Jim Bulger have employed over their lifetime in County Carlow 
what Coolmore implies in half a Tipperary and the size of the Coolmore industry that it is. But Coolmore is a, is a commercial business. So the shop window is Irish racing to yes. advertise its stallions, to advertise its horses, and then they become exported. And when you export them, it's the offshots of what they breed. Now, you still have all the mares coming in here to be covered and the money that brings with them. This is yes. a huge industry and the racing is only the shop window. But we need to protect the shop window. Yeah, and it's important to underline the word industry. It is an industry, an Irish industry. It's an industry that we are extremely good at. Let me ask you something about rural Ireland and point-to-points. Point-to-point racing, Ruby, I've never been to a point-to-point, but what I read regularly now are Irish point-to-point horses being sold by people whose names I don't know. They've been trained. They go point-to-pointing. Next thing, someone comes across from England, usually from England, with a quarter of a million pounds to buy a point-to-pointer. In the rearing, training and preparation of that Point to pointer, how many people are involved and how fertile is that point to point world as a generator of employment, of money, and again, advertising our wares in the UK in particular? Well, I suppose it starts at the beginning, Eamon. So, how many people are involved in breeding a horse? Yep. So, then when foal is born, it takes a couple of people to get that foal to a sale nine months later. Yep. Then that foal is born and raised from foal to yearling to two-year-old to three-year-old where it's resold again as a store sale. There you have either racehorse trainers or point-to-point handlers who buy them and then they teach them to be racehorses and they bring them to another level, usually four raising five where they're sold into the sport. So it's a whole chain of events. It happens much quicker on the flat, but it's a similar chain of events. And there's an industry, it's turnover, it's buying and selling, it's breeding, buying, selling, buying, selling. It's a massive industry, and with that industry comes exchequer gain. Like every profit, every loss, there it, it's the industry behind the sport. And I, I think, like, I know how valuable, or how I believe how valuable the industry to be to Irish society. Yes. But it's the simple unintended consequences of a regulator that's yes. needed but not writing the correct law. The implication that that could have is massive. Yes, and and just in the case of point-to-pointers, they, many of those people are small breeders doing their own thing, hoping that they'll breed a horse that will be good enough to fetch the kind of money I mentioned before. And it's big money, but you could wait 10 years for another one. But it's all about <laughs> just because you haven't had a bet in the sport. When you buy a mare and you choose a stallion, you're having a bet that the foal you produce and yes. all it costs you is going to be worth more than what you've spent. A lot of the time they're not, but every part of this is a bet. Might be on a race, but it's all a bet. Yes, and to bring this back to this current gambling bill and you know gambling regulation bill, You and most other people in racing, I don't imagine, have problems with some or most of the measures. The problem is taking it off television at the races and racing TV. They show Irish racing every day. 
in Britain and wherever people can plug in, but Britain mainly, and of course in Ireland. There is a statistic that maybe won't surprise you, Ruby, that most of the people who subscribe to the racing TV and at the racing channels are over 60, and most of them, many of them are over 65. So it's not corrupting people who are impressionable, young, or looking for a quick hit. It's actually broadcasting to people who, you know, are just enjoying having a little bet and watching the racing on television at a certain time in their life. So that's really where the damage could be done if that's taken off. Well, look, I work for Racing TV, so you declare, yeah, declare your declare interest, that. as the yeah. fella says. Um, but Racing TV is a subscription-only channel for over 18s. Yeah. That's before you start. And then, as you've rightly pointed out, a huge proportion of the viewers are over 60 and over 65. To watch Sky Sports Racing, you also have to have a Sky Sports or a Sky subscription for yes. a start. So the two of them are subscription channels. You can't just turn it on and stumble across it. You have to have bought a subscription to have the channel yeah. uh, before you start. So that that's one huge thing as well. But even the way, Eamon, that, that this bill is written, I know the, the intended, the intention of the government is not to stop showing sports where advertising is gambled on jerseys or on hoarding or wherever else it could be within stadiums or race courses or pitches. But the bill doesn't say that. No, and it's going to happen, Ruby, because there's a lot of football teams sponsored by bookmakers or betting outlets. And incidentally, on a Saturday, for example, you can see, you know, Virgin, Channel 4, BBC... Horse racing is free. Anybody can watch it. So that's another sort of anomaly, if you like. If you're watching a soccer match on the basis of what this bill proposes, they won't be able to have hoardings around the ground advertising bookmakers or, as you say, on the shirts of the teams. That's crazy stuff. Yeah, but not alone the Irish public, but the Irish government cannot control what no. the Premier League does. No. So what do we do? Just say, well, we've written a bill that doesn't intend you not to watch this, but because we've written it, you can't watch it. That doesn't make sense to me. I think if you're doing something, do it right. And if and and, and everybody within, I think society, I mean, and most people in society would agree that we do need a gambling regulator yes. and reform is required. But the reform has to be done the right way. And I think to me... You employ a gambling regulator and a gambling regulator investigates the best way yes. to impl implement laws. You yes. don't employ, employ one and write the laws at the same time. Now, I want to ask you not so many more questions, Ruby, but nobody knows it the way you do. The Galway Festival in the summer, it's seven days. It's great fun. It's not my idea of great fun. I'd rather watch it. I didn't mean up in the afternoon, but it's great fun. It's hugely important to that part of the country in all kinds of ways, hotels, restaurants, bars, and recreation, of course. We don't want to threaten something like the Galway races, do we? They're part of our national life, part of our heritage, part of our culture that we could easily damage and this won't happen tomorrow or the next day or next year. But in 10 years' time, 
it may have happened. Yeah, exactly. And what'll happen is it'll be the knock-on effect of the income to the sport from bookmakers, which will have a huge impact on the revenue of race courses. Yeah. And when you impact the revenue of the race course, it impacts on the experience that it can offer. Galway is a huge one, and yes. with Galway City and its value. But you only have to look a little bit north of Galway and see how much Ballinrobe race courses worth to the area of Ballinrobe and all around yes. Mayo to see what happens in Roscommon, see what happens in Sligo. That what the races at those venues brings to the towns. Now other sports do the same thing, but. Racing does have its say in local communities and it does bring people to those areas. Even when you go north of the border and down Patrick, now yes. this bill obviously won't affect that. But when you go south, you go to, to Wexford, you go to Tremor and in August, the festival there, you look at the festivals in Killarney and the Stoll, especially the Stoll at the Harvest Festival. When you start impl- impacting on the revenue of the race course, it has an impact on the experience for people who are going. And racecourses will start to feel the pinch. They'll get tighter. And I would say that if you impact on the media rights money they get, which is all driven by gambling, it's going to be huge. A final question, Ruby. Can I put it to you that horse racing in Ireland is much more central to our culture? It's much more for the ordinary man and woman and essential in many cases to parts of rural Ireland. You're talking about something entirely different than England. You're not talking about Ascot. You're not talking about Lord and Lady, what's her name? You're actually talking about the real plain people of Ireland who are in love with horses, in love with the game, the bit of crack and fun and relief it brings. It's not comparable. So an Irish government would need, with a bill that seems pretty much like the British bill, you're looking at two different cultures, two different countries, and we have a much bigger stake as a people in horse racing than the British do. I think that's probably more reflective aiming of the urban rural spread of the two countries yes, too. Exactly. And when you look at how you look at the rural spread within Ireland, but you, you can go with the amount of people that work within the industry and within the sport. But then you look also at the race courses. Yeah. You look at who actually owns the Stoll race course. It's the Stoll Race Committee. Yes. They're all the people from around there. You go with Killarney the same. Tremor has its own shareholders. Roscommon, Ballinrobe, all the independent tracks that we have. Now, obviously, horse racing in Ireland do own a proportion of race courses, but we have a huge amount of independent tracks, all owned by independent business people who are bringing something to their town. Yes. And that's when you go a little bit beyond the sport. So then you go back to all the people that provide the entertainment, and it starts with a mayor and a stallion. And it goes from there to the horses you watch on the track and all the people along the way that work with those horses. And if you're small enough and can ride, you become a jockey. If you're too big, but you have the know-how, you can become a trainer or a stallion man or you work in the yard of stable staff, you become a farrier. Yes. The really clever ones go off and become vets. There is so much within this industry and it's all coming from rural Ireland. And it's worth pointing out once again that scratch cards and lotto are areas where people spend a lot more money than they do gambling on horses. Ruby, it's been a pleasure having you on the stand 
We're very grateful to you, and we hope that the message that you can deliver with more authority than anyone else is being heard and will be heard. That's the great Ruby Walsh, and we're grateful to Ruby. We're grateful to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.